Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Welcome here today. I'm so glad to be here today to introduce our speaker for today. Irene Dismuk is one of the charter members of this church, of Foothill Christian American Canyon. Her and, and uh, beloved Wayne were two of the charter members of this church. I can't tell you how giving and how generous this family has been over the years to this church, to the community, to those in need around you, probably to some of you that are here today. And uh, so with that, I just want to have you welcome with a big hand, Irene Dismuke as she comes up to speak today and give us the word of God. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Irene. Good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. So good to see you all. Uh, so today my message is about uh, where do we go from here? And my first uh, slide will be the, um, the little orange card that I've carried with me for many years. The gift of God is eternal life. So I have a question for you all. Um, So my, the name of my message is, so where do we go from here? So where do we go from here? Do you all believe that there is everlasting life? Yes, yes. Um, what happens to us when we leave this body? So I want to begin when, um, when my mother passed away. She was the first person I had ever seen that was dead. And um, I was 20 years old. And so at her... Yeah, at the funeral home, we had to do the viewing and all that. So I remember being kind of scared because I had never seen a dead body. So I took one of my sisters, my older sister, Sip, and I said, please walk up there with me. And so I walked arm in arm with her, and we walked to her casket. And I remember looking at her, my mother, and I realized that she wasn't the same person. I just looked at her, and I wasn't a believer back then. I wasn't attending church or anything. And I remember looking at my mother and thinking, Wow, she looks totally different. And my sister said, it's because her spirit is gone. That's what makes us who we are, is our spirit. So I kind of just kept that in the back of my mind, you know, thinking about it over the years. And I realized, now that I've been, you know, walking with the Lord, I realized that our, our soul does go somewhere. Yes. And it's either going to go to the good place or the bad place. And um, that's what my message is about, just talking to you about how important it is to know who Jesus is, that he is God, he's part of God, he became human, he was born through a woman, and was born, and lived and felt our emotions that we feel, you know, we feel a lot of stuff and hurts and stuff like that, so I'll go on with my, um, my message today, uh, it was probably about Forty years ago, I was um, just out driving somewhere, and I saw a bumper sticker. And the bumper sticker said, if you're living like there's no God, you better be right. And of course, I put that in my little mental bookcase up there again, thinking about my mother, the soul being gone, and, and this. And I realized that through all, throughout my life that God... I call him, I don't call him coincidences, I call him God incidents. 
that God makes you see stuff. I think he's just trying to show you that he is alive and he loves you. And um, the way he works in his mysterious ways, that he does exist. And he wants us to know him, but it's not, but it's up to us to make that choice to follow him. Um, He doesn't make you believe in him. He, you just see the things. You see the beauty of God. This is just a little glimpse of what we, what we see here. This is just probably a little 1% of what we're going to see when we all go to eternity. And um, God is the lover of our souls. He really is. And there is an enemy of our soul, and we all know him well. And his name is the devil. He will always try to sidetrack us to keep us away from God who loves us. And also... God loved us so much, he died on a cross for all our sins. So if you have your Bibles, if you could turn to John 3.16. That's in the New Testament. It's a very well-known scripture. And I think we have it on the, I think we have it on the, the screen here. I know it by heart, but I'm afraid I won't say it right. So it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And I just wanted to say that, um, well, I forgot what I was going to say, so I'm not going to say this. And also, um, Jesus says in John 10, 9 through 11. I'm not sure if I have that one on the... Okay. So it's Jesus, uh, John 10, 9 through 11. And it says this. It says, this is what Jesus says. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So before Jesus went to the cross... He was arrested, and uh, he was out, okay, before Jesus went to the cross and before he was arrested, he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was crying out to God. I've always struggled with this because I always think he's, he's God, he's Jesus. Why is he, you know, well, he was, he was in that garden because he knew what was coming. He knew that he was going to walk, he was going to be arrested, he was going to, all that stuff was going to happen to him. He was going to be nailed to the cross. He knew, he knew all that. But he did it for us. And that's what, that's one of, you know, there's many reasons why I love God so much. Because he loved us first. And he he did this for us. Um, He was crying out to God to say, um, in that scripture, in uh, John 10, 9 through 11. And it says, oh, oh, well, we already did that. I'm sorry. I'm a little nervous, but... uh, so Luke, so if you can go to Luke 22, I think this is where I was going to, and 42 through 44, and it says this. So as he was in the garden, he was praying, and an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And this does happen when humans are very stressed 
He was very stressed because he knew he was going to die. He was going to die a horrible death on the cross. I see my Lord and Savior. I think about that a lot. Knowing what's ahead of him, asking God for help. Our God who took part of himself to become human, to know what it was like to be human. He was scared going to the cross, but he continued going toward it. And like I said, he was so stressed, he was sweating blood. But he completed his mission so that you and I can live. Yes, amen. amen. So Jesus wants all of us to be saved. And you know, there will be a day, no one knows that day, when God will harvest the earth. But you need to be ready. So we look at 2 Peter 3, and chapter 3, verses 3 through 9. And the scripture says, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters, also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes. And uh, so now that we're talking about that, um, I remember when I was young, I was probably a teenager in high school, and, and I know a lot of you probably thought the same way before you were saved. I remember being at school, and we, we would talk about how... Um, how fun it was going to be, all of us in hell together, you know, partying and all that stuff. But you know what? It is not going to be a party. Right. It's going to, in the Bible it says many times there's going to be so much anguish, gnashing of teeth. It's going to be a very unpleasant place. And uh, I remember I had a, we, had a, we all had a very good friend here, Ed Miller, big man. Yes. And he was my big brother and he was a very good friend of mine. And uh, I remember he had a real deep voice, and he would say, Hell ain't no joke. And it's right. true, hell is not a joke. That's right. So, um, Amen. so I just wanted to say, when, um, when you turn your life over to Christ and become born again, don't expect your life to be perfect and rosy. God will bring the best of you out. I can tell you that God changed my life completely the minute I gave my life over to him. I still have hard days, but I know he walks with me on this journey. And some days he carries me. I know he does. And I, this is why I love this scripture out of Psalms 104.33. And it says, 
I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. I love that. Because when I sing to him here, when I'm singing, I just feel him. I can feel his spirit on me. Yes. Thank you, Lord. So, if you're afraid of what your friends and family will think of you when you turn your life over to the Lord, don't. Because I want to say something. I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand in the world and be judged by God. Yes. Because the day is coming. And so, my, my message today, I guess, is not very long because I'm getting towards the end. But I wanted to point out some things to think about. So number one, I want you to know that God is the lover of your soul. Yes. Don't let your faith dry up and give the enemy a foothold. Number two, you can't earn your way into everlasting life. You, you can't be good enough because none of us are. We will never be good enough. Believe in the one and only God who loves you. And number three, and this is probably the most important one, is make time for God. Here you are coming to church. That's good. But learn about God. Read your Bible. And also have that relationship with God. You know, he's, his door is open all the time. Anytime I need to talk to him, I'm anywhere. Just, he's open. And I have one last scripture. Um, I don't know if I said it, 2 Corinthians 4.18. And... And this one says... So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Just know that God knows what he's doing. Just trust in him. And I want to say, I am who I am. It's because of God. Yes. I was, you know, when I was younger, you wouldn't have known me. My sister does. Some of my friends know. I was a totally different person. But with God... He made me just who I am, the better of me. And so again, where do we go from here? So if you flip that card over, which she did, it says, the wages of sin is death. I want life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Irene. You know, it's always a great reminder of, of the gospel. That is true, truly the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father sent His Son, His only begotten Son, the Bible says. And, and you know, Irene touched on a, on a topic there where Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and He was praying and crying these tears uh, and, and blood was coming out and he was thinking about what he was going to face, death on a cross. But I think more importantly, the pain that he was experiencing was because he was going to take on the sins of humanity. Your sins, my sins, were going to be placed on him. That is what he was not looking forward to facing. That was the pain that, he was, that was causing him in Gethsemane to cry, to stream blood, tears out 
from uh, him and sweat and so forth. How many are thankful that God took care of that on the cross? That you and I don't have to nail ourselves to a cross. Because in all honesty, the Bible says, and, and, and Irene alluded to this, Romans 3 and verse 23 says, None is righteous, no, not one. See, God isn't looking for a perfect person. None of you are perfect. I'm not perfect. There's not one in this world that's perfect. But he is looking for someone that just wants to say, Lord, I trust you. I want to turn from my way I'm walking right now and, and walk towards you. That's called, the Bible calls that repentance. Doing a 180 degree turn. And that's all he wants. He doesn't want a perfect Christian. You know, I used to think I was much like Irene. I didn't, I wasn't born and raised in the church. I came into this years later. I didn't become a pastor until I was 50. So uh, I came into this way late in the game. But I am thankful every day of my life that he saved my life from where I was to where I'm going now. I'm not perfect, but now all this means is that, Lord, I can trust you. I can take you by the hand. You can bring me comfort when I need comfort. You can walk with me. You can be my strength. You can be my peace. Where before, I didn't have any of that. Or I struggled to have that. You know, we live in this world the past year and a half with COVID and all that's going on in this world. We've seen such a high incidence of suicides. Every one of you have been touched by this, I'm sure, in some form or fashion. You've either known a relative or know of someone that's passed away. Because of the pressures that are out there in this world. I'm telling you, church, today we need God more than ever. And it's not getting easier. It's not getting easier. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Amen? Yeah. Each of us can trust God in that. So I, I would encourage you today. You know, it's, it's not about just trying to be a perfect person or, or trying to be a, a church attender. We can, we can all try that. God wants an authentic, intimate relationship with you. Much like each of you that are parents or have born children. All you want is a, is a good relationship with your child as they grow up. An authentic relationship. Our Heavenly Father is no, no different. He desires that relationship with each of you. So I, I want to invite you right now. If you will stand with me, we're going to close in prayer. And what I'd like to do is, I'd like to lead you in a prayer this afternoon. Maybe some of you have said this prayer. Maybe, maybe it's new to you. But what this prayer is all about, it's essentially saying, Lord, I need you. I see the need for you in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. I've been struggling this year. I'm struggling right now. And I need your direction. I need you to guide me and and, and this prayer says, Lord, forgive me of my past, of my wrongdoings, my sins, and receive me just right now as I am. I believe you went to the cross and died for me and that you rose again on the third day so that I might inherit eternal life. You see, that's the sole mission for why Jesus came to this world, is to die for you. Think about this statement right here. If there had been nobody else on this planet, on this earth, he would have still died for you. 
That's how much He loves you. So I'm asking you today, if you've never truly confessed your life to the Lord, give it a try today. And just let's pray this prayer together. I want to lead you in a prayer. And if you say these words and mean them with your heart, I'm not just talking about repeating my words, but I'm I'm saying hearing these words and then declaring them to God and meaning them with all of your heart, I promise you today there will be a change. There will be an instantaneous change. There will be a rejoicing in heaven, the Bible says, when someone receives the Lord. So let's bow our heads and let's all just confess this prayer and just repeat these words and mean them in your own heart and spirit. Heavenly Father, I come before you today. I am lost and a sinner without you. I need you today. I pray that you forgive me for my past, my wrongdoings. Lord, I receive you today as my Savior. I believe you went to the cross for me. You died for me. You rose again on the third day so that I would inherit eternal life. I receive you today as my personal Lord and Savior. Help me to walk with you one day at a time. In Jesus' name I pray. Look at me. If you said that prayer today, maybe you said it for the first time, maybe you needed to just confess that again, renew your spirit and say that again. The Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one that comes to the Lord. The angels right now are throwing down a party right now for you. They're celebrating because the Bible goes on to say that your name is written down in the, in the Lamb's book of life. See, God has this book of life with Irene's name, Andrew's name, Melody's name, Alex's name. Brother Bill, Brother Frank, Sister Mary. Your names are written in there. And he rejoices. He opens up that book and says, these are my kids. These are my sons. These are my daughters that I love. Amen. Can I just have a hand right now? If you, if you said that prayer for the first time in your life, just raise your hand right now. If you said that prayer for the first time. Amen. Give the Lord a hand right now. That was four people right there. Amen. Lord, you're worthy. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Lord, we're, we're just humbled to be in your presence. Lord, you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We are your sons and daughters that you love. And Lord, we choose you today. We choose to follow you from this day forward. Lord, we trust in you from this day forward. Lord, for our health, Lord, in our careers, for our families, we trust you today. All the things that are going on in this world, the commotion of pandemics, of, of, of racial ignorance and so forth, Lord, political turmoil, Lord, we put that in your hands and we trust in you, Father. And we also pray, give us wisdom today that we would be able to manage all these things one day at a time. 
Father, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Thank you for loving us today. Thank you for loving your people. And as always, church, I say a blessing at the end of every service. And I would love it if you would just lift your hands to the Lord right now and receive this. These are words for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. And uh, give Irene a big hand again. She did a real good job. I'm proud of her. Can I just tell you this as well? You know, life is short. I don't know that all of you knew Wayne, but he didn't know, Irene didn't know his life was going to be over one morning when he tripped and fell and hit his head, and which would lead to his death. I did a funeral last Wednesday. I'm doing another one this Wednesday. Life is short. None of us have tomorrow promised. Today is a gift. Enjoy the day. But remember this. God put you here for a reason. Not to, not to create enemies, but to love on one another. To let the light of Christ shine through you to other people. Be a light into your community into your circle of influence, wherever you may go today. Hey, guess what? If you're at a restaurant, pay for somebody's meal today. How cool would that be? You're at Starbucks today? Pay for that person behind you. Pay it forward, and so forth. Be a light. You're created today. This is a gift. You're God's kids. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great day, and we'll see you next Sunday, hopefully. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.